for tuning in to the Open Door Ministry Breadcrumbs Podcast with me, your host, Barbara Smith. We are here to share our blog articles with you in an audio format. We know that people are very busy and constantly on the go, but we all still need daily inspiration in our lives. It is our goal to share a few thought-provoking morsels that will challenge you to stay actively engaged in the Word of God. His Word is the Bread of Life. It's in the details by Barbara Smith. It has been about 10 or more Christmases ago that we were able to get together for a visit at my parents' house and enjoy the holidays with them. They are both gone now, but we cherish all the memories we were able to make with them along the way. My mother was famous for her cooking, especially her pies and goodies at Christmas time, and this was one of the things we were looking forward to this particular year with great anticipation. However, she had developed macular degeneration, which made her seeing anything at all a challenge, especially smaller items. As we got the meal together, there was much joy in communing together, and the turkey, dressing, and trimmings were all delicious, until we got to the pies. We served them up to each one's individual preference and request and began to partake. It only took one bite to know that something was very wrong and quite different to years gone by. We all saw each other's expressions, including my dad's. We acknowledged the problem and discarded the remaining pies silently because my mom had no idea what was going on because she could not see enough to know. She had put salt into the pies instead of sugar or so much salt that you could only taste the salt and nothing else. Though there was a legitimate reason for her mistake, you can see that, yes, it is in the details. My dad must have said something to her later because that was the last pies of her baking career. Many of you have similar stories to tell of your own memories. My sweet husband just watched an old classic movie, It's a Wonderful Life, with me on Thanksgiving weekend. I recall a particular scene of the movie that especially brings out the point about how important details are. George Bailey, just a schoolboy at the time, had a part-time job at the drugstore. He served the customers at the front counter where he first met Mary as a girl, his future wife, but he noted on this day that the druggist, Mr. Gower, had received a telegram stating that his son, Robert, a soldier, had died suddenly of influenza. He saw how distraught the druggist was and tried to offer assistance as best he could. He was told to go and deliver some capsules to a customer who had been waiting for them. He left the store with them, but before he left, he noticed that the druggist had put poison into them. So he goes to ask his father what he should do. He finds him too busy at work to talk, so he returns with the pills. The customer had already called, wondering where the pills were, and George had to confess that he did not deliver them, but that he had seen that the druggist had put poison in the pills by mistake. Even though the druggist had a legitimate reason, 
the fact that he was so distraught over the news of his son that he couldn't think straight or concentrate it is still all in the details in addition clarence the angel had shown him this particular scene from his past because if he had not noticed or said anything about the small detail of the wrong ingredients being put into the pills the customer would have died and mr gower would have ended up as the town drunk no matter your occupation there are certain details that you must pay attention to of course the list of specific occupations and all their particulars would be too long to mention in one setting however i would just throw out a few that affects us all and that we could relate to in some way shape or form in our lives the first one of course is the baker like the story of my mom's snafu one ingredient added or omitted from a recipe or substituted for something different and our favorite bread doughnuts or cakes can go from delicious to atrocious very quickly the familiar is what we crave often referred to as comfort food because taste can evoke emotions as well as memories a mixologist is also an occupation that capitalizes on the sense of taste there are persons according to the dictionary who are skilled in mixing cocktails as well as other drinks they are most often hired in bars clubs or restaurants not only do they make the drink that everyone loves but they can duplicate the same drink repeatedly to ensure that they have repeat customers even more so than taste the sense of smell is even more closely connected to memories julia vaughn wrote a recent article in the tennessee magazine quote, the olfactory bulb sensory organ right above the nose connects directly to the amygdala and hippocampus in our brains the amygdala plays a key role in processing emotions while the hippocampus helps you form new memories here is the best part smell is the only sense that has a direct connection to these sections of the brain therefore has a more powerful impact on the memory than any of the other senses nostalgic smells provide solace in trying times End quote there are many occupations today that deal with this concept a perfumer is someone who produces and smells perfumes of varying compositions just about anything with the smell can be incorporated into perfumes including skunk oil the compound we call musk butyl or captan from the skunk oil is what allows the perfume to hold its smell the term perfumer was first used in the year 1564 they are thought to be artists of sorts and often affectionately called a nose by the french in the olden days there was no formal training for this occupation but they would learn as apprentices under an already established perfumer they have learned the concept that the sense of smell is linked to the emotions and are very astute and precise in their creations they use this knowledge not only in their choices when mixing the scents but in their marketing efforts as well 
their ads will make you believe that if you wear their perfume you too will be transported to that sensual beautiful vacation resort with that handsome sun-kissed creature beside you if they get you to buy their product you will think of these images every time you wear it and you will in turn as the customer by word of mouth become an unpaid salesperson for them an aromatherapist is also someone who creates specific combination of scents but they are thought to be more medicinal to assist in de-stressing their clients and promote calm and healing various essential oils can be mixed to promote certain responses one example is peppermint oil it is said to alleviate diarrhea nausea indigestion fetulence muscles and nerve and menstrual pains and symptoms of the common cold the oils are most normally transmitted into the atmosphere of your home spa or aromatherapist office through the invention of what is known as a diffuser which are sold in many shapes and forms i feel better already just thinking about it this is a very detailed profession my last but not least example for the sake of this study is the chemist or druggist or what we know now as the pharmacist the dictionary states that they are one who prepares and sells drugs or compounds for medicinal purposes the chemist could also refer more to the one doing research and experiments with the druggist being the one primarily mixing and distributing the medicines however the word chemist can also refer to the establishment itself as does drugstore or pharmacy as we saw in our story from it's a wonderful life and as anyone taking prescription medication knows it is imperative that they pay attention to the details not only in what they are mixing but who they are prescribing the medication to what could be a healing agent for one could be toxic to another what a great responsibility to get it right that these folks have several forerunners to chemistry were alchemy heard of in the thirteenth century which was a philosophical approach to creating cures and an apothecary who was a druggist the apothecary was an ancient word used for a medical professional who mixed and dispensed medicine to physicians surgeons and patients the word apothecary is derived from the ancient greek word for a depository or storehouse in historical accounts this profession could be traced back to 2600 bc in babylon it is also mentioned in the scriptures first seen in the book of exodus this takes us back to our focus on details you have heard the expression the devil's in the details meaning that the details are important and that problems and difficulties could arise if they don't pay attention to the details however this expression was derived from its predecessor god is in the details meaning that whatever we do we should do thoroughly which by extension means to pay attention to the details which is exactly what i wanted to point out in this article god is not a fly by the seat of the pants fellow neither does he do anything willy-nilly nor does he say or do things that are of no consequence that could be interpreted as a take it or leave it proposition this lesson can be learned very quickly in reading the story of adam eve and satan in the garden of eden 
Genesis 3, 1 through 6 tells the story. Now the serpent was more subtile than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye should not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, We shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Note, God did not say anything about touching it. And Satan said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. Note, this is a direct lie to preface what he was going to tell her to plant doubt in her mind. For God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the tree thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. It's in the details. Everything we see in the Old Testament physically, we can see the spiritual counterpart in the New Testament. Therefore, if we try to change or downplay anything as not important, insignificant details, or just semantics, we undermine God's very creation, commandments, and divine design. We can see this as God began to give Moses specific instructions for the constructing of the tabernacle, where to get materials from, and all the functions thereof. Exodus 25, 1-8 tells us, And God spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they bring me an offering. Of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart, ye shall take my offering. And this is the offering which he shall take of them, gold and silver and brass and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair and ram's skins dyed red and badger's skins and shittim wood, oil for the light and spices for anointing oil and for sweet incense that I may dwell among them. All the ingredients, oils and spices were offerings from the people. God was very serious about the recipe for the anointing oil. He gave directives for the specific ingredients and the quantities to be used and wanted it to be mixed and created by the apothecary. It was also meant to be exclusive for the purpose for which it was designed, branded and copy written, if you will. Exodus 30 verse 22 through 33 says, Moreover, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take thou also unto thee particular spices of pure myrrh, five hundred shekels, and of sweet cinnamon half so much, even two hundred and fifty shekels, and of sweet calamus two hundred and fifty shekels, and of cassia five hundred shekels, after the shekel of the sanctuary, and of olive oil and hin and thou shalt make it an ointment compound after the art of the apothecary it shall be a holy anointing oil thou shalt anoint aaron and his sons and consecrate them that they may minister unto me in the priest's office and thou shalt speak unto the children of israel saying this shall be a holy anointing oil unto me throughout your generations upon man's flesh shall it not be poured neither shall ye make any other like it after the composition of it it is holy and it shall be holy unto you whosoever compounds any like it or whosoever puts any of it upon a stranger shall even be cut off from his people 
for the perfumed incense he had a different recipe albeit also precise and exclusive and to be mixed by the apothecary these instructions were seen in exodus thirty verses thirty four through thirty eight also with warnings in the scripture god correlates sweet odors with obedience it pleases him he has precise recipes and specific expectations for their use because he is one and he will not share his glory with another the sacrifices of the old testament were often referred to as a sweet savor to him when noah and his family exited the ark after the flood in genesis eight it tells us and noah built an altar unto the lord and the lord smelled the sweet savour and the lord said in his heart i will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake while the earth remains seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease the opposite is also true disobedience is described as a foul odour to god ecclesiastes ten one states dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking odor so doth a little folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor using and replicating the recipes for use other than the designed purpose came with judgment as seen in exodus thirty this is also mentioned twenty-three times in jeremiah alone not counting any of the other thirty-nine books of the old testament god takes his instructions very seriously solomon lost out with god not because he didn't love god but because he did not take his instructions to heart first kings three three says and solomon loved the lord walking in the statues of david his father only he sacrificed and burnt incense in high places and likewise he did for all his strange wives which built incense and sacrifice unto their gods this was not just an oops i made a mistake a one-time deal but this was a continual practice that he adopted indirect disobedience to the instructions of god let us wrap this up and put a beautiful bow on top why did jesus receive myrrh at his birth you may wonder because he was the king of kings and the lord of lords it was an ingredient in his anointing oil recipe matthew one twenty three states behold a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son they shall call his name emmanuel being interpreted is god with us philippians two five through eight says let this mind be in you which was also in christ jesus who being in the form of god thought it not robbery to be equal with god but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross you may also contemplate the reason why jesus received frankincense as a gift at his birth he was the one true god come in flesh to die for our sins for our redemption frankincense was an ingredient in his perfume recipe god loves a sweet savor because it denotes obedience even as we read in philippians jesus was obedient unto death even the death of the cross and being in bethany in the house of simon the leper as he sat at meat there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard very precious and she brake the box and poured it onto his head 
and there were some that had indignation within themselves and said why was this waste of the ointment made for it might have been sold for more than three hundred pence and have been given to the poor and they murmured against her and jesus said let her alone why trouble ye her she hath wrought a good work on me for ye have the poor with you always and whensoever ye will ye may do good for them but me ye have not always and she hath done what she could she is come aforehand to anoint my body to the burying jesus was god robed in the flesh and our high priest after the order of melchizedek as recorded in psalms and hebrews therefore receiving the anointing oil was within the stipulations of the instructions spikenard essential oil can sell for up to six hundred and fifteen dollars as of twenty twenty two which is quite expensive for anyone's pocketbook we are now on this side of calvary and one might ask how can i be a sweet savor to god and have his anointing should i invest in an expensive bottle of spikenard essential oil and will scented candles or incense get his attention the answer is no and neither does he take pleasure any more in the sense of the sacrifices of bulls or goats as seen in hebrews ten a but our obedience to the instructions he has left us in his word is what he delights in paying close attention to details is what provides hope for everlasting life and that holy anointing oil of his spirit upon our lives in the here and now we should not think that we can add or omit anything to the salvation equation and still have the correct result in the end the word of god is not just semantics but authoritative and definitive we must have understanding of what we are to do and how we are to do it there will be no acceptable reason on the day of judgment for why you did not know what to do just as god stated about the holy anointing oil and the incense that they should not try to replicate it or misuse it we must stick to the recipe a k a salvation plan and use it for that which it has been designed god is in the details in second corinthians two fourteen through fifteen paul tells us now thanks be unto god which always causes us to triumph in christ and makes manifest the savour of his knowledge by us in every place for we are unto god a sweet savour through christ david was also ahead of his time and states in psalm one hundred and forty one two let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense and the lifting of my hands as the evening sacrifice the sweet savour we offer to him now is our prayers revelation five verses eight through ten gives us a glimpse of what the revelator saw in heaven and when he had taken the book and the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb having every one of them harps and gold vials full of odours which are the prayers of saints and they sung a new song saying thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof for thou wast slain and hath redeemed us to god by the blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and hath made us unto our god kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth and another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer 
and there was given to him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne and the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before god out of the angel's hand god enjoys the prayers of his people he hears every one of them and savors them and answers them all in his timing our prayers are our communication with the lord and lets him know that we need him desperately lastly we are to be a sweet aroma to those around us how do we accomplish that you may ask by having the same love toward others as jesus had for us ephesians five one and two says be therefore followers of god as dear children and walk in love as christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to god for a sweet smelling savour proverbs twenty seven verse nine encapsulates this thought ointment and perfume rejoice the heart so doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel always remember it's in the details thanks for joining us today we trust you have been nourished and blessed always remember the lord is faithful and his mercies are new every morning until next time god bless